0: Welcome to the Equipus Church Surrey podcast. We hope today's message encourages and inspires you. Or you may take your seat. Um, I don't know if you realize it hasn't always been this good. I'm a church kid. I grew up in church. I've been in church from day dot. And I remember the days where we just had the organ. And there was nobody over the age of, uh, nobody under the age of 50 playing on the stage but how good are the team here? John's not 50. Congratulations, John and Faith. Woo. What legends they are. Still in your teens, eh? Still in the teens. But, you know, haven't grown up in church. In fact, I came to the church. Uh, I'm now leading when I was 11 years old. So 11 years old when we first came in. And I've got two brothers and a sister, and we arrived, and there was 26 people in the church, and uh, there were no youth. The only youth were me, my two brothers, and my sister. The joys of hanging out with your brothers and sister on a Friday night. I'm glad times have changed. I'm glad that the church is growing. In fact, just a month ago, uh, we ran an uprising in Auckland. And our youth, led by our youth, run by our youth, we had 1,200 young people out. And my 19-year-old daughter preached, and we saw over 100 young people give their hearts to Jesus. I know a lot of people harp on to the, back to the good old days, but I believe we're living in the best days of the church. How many are thankful for current music? Yeah, I remember when it was a lot different to what it was, what it is today, and I'm very thankful to God. And uh, I believe this is the place to be on a Sunday night. Turn to your neighbor and say, you made a good decision coming tonight. I made a good decision. Number one, you're sitting next to me sit next to me, and number two, I believe God's going to do something special in this place. In fact, we're going to start off doing a little bit of an experiment. Uh, how many like science experiments? So we're going to do a little bit of a science experiment. I don't know if this is going to work. Uh, if Joshua and Caleb, the brothers of promise, would come up right now, we are the brothers of, of promise. Joshua and Caleb, these fine young men, I just need... Uh, A couple of brothers, where's where's Caleb gone? Where's Caleb gone? Caleb's around somewhere. He was playing the guitar, and uh, the rock star has left the building. Uh, It would just have to be Joshua right now. What I want you to do is blow this up. Just blow it up as as far as you can. Just blow it up. Go, go. He's got good lungs, I hear. Good football player. I hear he's got a really good football coach. Somebody told me that. John. Uh, He told me that. Okay, they'll they'll do. See, a lot of us can come to church over the years, even when we're young people, and and it's like, well, what's happening? And it can feel like we're being filled with air. We go out of an environment like this, and it's just, oh, well, that that's it. It doesn't really make a difference in my life. Doesn't relate to my Monday, and, and that we're hearing these words, we're we're singing songs, but it doesn't really make a difference. And and so we come back next week, and and. I want you to go again, yeah, <laughs> and uh, and 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 it's like, yeah, we're, we're filled with stuff. We hear some words, and yeah, it's it's good stuff. But the problem is when the when the pressure comes on, when the pressure comes on, sometimes it's like uh, things just explode. They don't last. Now, if I was to put a fire, to, uh, sorry for those who hate um, balloons popping, but. You know, there's nothing much. And I challenge to say that it's not just young people, but it's a lot of people who come into environments in church. It's like we get a filled with a lot of air on a Sunday, and we go into our Monday no different to how we were before we came. But I'm glad that this is a church of substance. It's not just a church of hot air, that when the pressure comes on, we actually survive. We don't just survive, but we actually thrive And you know, I really believe that when we hear the word of God, something goes on the, something happens on the inside of us. In fact, the Bible says in Hebrews chapter eleven that faith is the substance. The substance. Somebody say substance. Substance. It's the substance of things hoped for, and the evidence of things unseen. Now, I'm going to give you the mic right now. You can preach. Zach, Zach, you can come up here, Zach can come. This anointed man of God who's wearing an uh, unanointed jersey, but uh, we, we won't go there. Who won the last game? I hate to say it, but New Zealand. Yeah, yeah, that's right. You bet Australia, and it's good that you bet Australia. Anyway, but what we're going to do is I, I want you to take that right now, and I want you to hold that above Zach's head. Uh, How many uh, think he's going to get wet? Anybody? Okay. Lift it up high, high, uh, high, high. Okay. Don't get up high, up high, so it gets the heat of the. How does that work? There's substance there. (laughs) Substance there. You can drink that right now. Thanks, Tim. Come on, give these guys a big hand. How many enjoyed the science experiment? But it's more than that. It's so important as young people, we have substance, and even older people, we have substance to our life. And one thing when it comes to the Word of God is the Word of God doesn't return void. It accomplishes everything it's sent forth for. And, and, and there was many years that I'd sit in a service like this, and I'd hear a message And at the time, I didn't understand it. But something was happening on the inside of me, something that was going on. And in fact, at the time, I thought, oh, that doesn't make sense. But 10 years, 20 years later, I was going, ah, that's what they were talking about back then. In fact, at the age of 18, I worked out that I listened to over 2,000 messages. That's a whole lot of sermons. You know, I used to go, oh, that's a good joke or that's a funny illustration. And I'd often respond on the basis of how well somebody was speaking. But I felt challenged. In fact, the Holy Spirit came to me and showed me this verse in John chapter 8, verse 32, where it says, you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. How many wanna live free lives? We all wanna be free. But notice here, it says the truth that you know. See, I'd heard a lot. I'd been in church for a long time. I'd read a lot. But I felt the Holy Spirit say to me, Sam, you don't know that much. In fact, that word know in the original language means to experience the truth. See, a lot of people, they can read the truth, they can hear about the truth, they can quote the truth. And they wonder why they're not free. Because it's only the truth that you've experienced that has the power to set you free. And I said, God, I don't want to just have a belief about you. God, I want to experience you. I want to experience you working in my life, in my friend's life. If this is real, if what I'm feeling right now is real, I I can't just sit back. I've actually got to step out and do something about it. Otherwise, I'm in danger of simply becoming religious. One thing I found is this is real. In fact, that's where I came up with the definition of church. The definition or my definition of church is we're simply a whole lot of friends. Who's sitting next to a friend? I hope so. <laughs> we're a whole lot of friends, and we're simply challenging one another to go higher in Jesus. Now, now, some years ago, I was in this anointed meeting. It was incredible. God was moving, and I was about to speak. And uh, as I was in this anointed worship moment, not too dissimilar to the one we had tonight, I got a picture of a dog that we used to own. Now now this dog was a keyshound, it was like a samoid and it could eat like nothing I've ever seen before. It's like it was always handy when your parents would put your dinner in front of you and say there was Brussels sprouts or something that you didn't like. You could guarantee the dog would be under the table and those Brussels sprouts would disappear in a moment. Just disappear in a moment. So it was a godsend in a lot of ways, but because this dog would overeat, often it would get to a point where it couldn't hold down its food, it would throw everything up. Have you ever seen a dog throw something up before? Uh, Because it doesn't just stop with them throwing it up. You know, a dog will throw up its food, then it will go back to its vomit, and it will actually start licking up its vomit. How many have seen that before? Yeah yeah you've seen that before yeah it happens and i felt the holy spirit remember i'm in this anointed worship moment i felt the holy spirit say to me there's a verse in the bible i quickly got out my bible and i found this verse in second peter chapter 2 and in second peter chapter 2 it talks about how there's a group of people who promised freedom but they got entangled with sin again And it talks about how they would have been better off if they never known the way of righteousness. They're never known. One thing I've discovered is is if you know Jesus, you'll be messed up for good. You can't go back. You can't even backslide and be happy. Because there'll be something on the inside of you that tells you that there's more to life. And it says there's a group of people who have no one a way of righteousness. They've got entangled with sin again. And it says at the end of Second Peter chapter two is that they are like a dog returning to its vomit, or a washed pig returning to the mud. You know, when it comes to our walk with Christ, can I challenge you, young and old person here? That there's only one way. And and that's Ford in Jesus. The best way to stuff up your life is actually to be half-hearted in your faith. It's just to take it as meaningless. You know, the words that get spoken from this platform, the words that we read in our Bible, they have the ability to transform our life. They speak into our future. They speak not just into our future, they speak into our now. And God is alive and God is real. And He wants to do something powerful in each and every one of our lives. And so I came to a point where I go, ah, I can't hold on to this. I've got to do something with it. Now, one of the jobs I had growing up was I had a paper round. I used to deliver newspapers in the early hours of the morning. used to get up six times a week at 5.30 to deliver newspapers. And uh, one thing I hated on my paper round was I hated the dogs that I used to encounter. You know, uh, this sermon is actually uh, themed by talking about dogs. Uh, I don't know if you've seen the Dogs of Equippers page. There's a Dogs of Equippers page for all the dog lovers out there. How many have seen that page? Uh, A few people have seen that page. Uh, I don't know what's up with that. But I'm not a dog lover. Anyway, on my paper out, you know, I used to get trapped by these dogs that would just come, out, come at me in the dark of the morning from nowhere. And I'd often find myself with my bike in front of me, trapped with this dog coming at me. Now, my friend would say there's two ways of dealing with ferocious dogs. He said the first way is, is you lie down and you remain completely still. And eventually the dog will come up you, you, sniff you, and if you show no fear, it will just go on its way. I thought, that's a dumb way of dealing with dogs. How many know the worst thing you can do if a dog comes at you is run? Because if a dog comes at you and you run, it's going to come after you. He said the second way of dealing with dogs is just to actually stare it down, is to look it in the eyes and show no fear and just stare it down. And if you have to, just go, ah! (laughs) Don't get freaked out right now on the front row. I know, that's scary. Uh, That's scary right there. But, but, you know, just stare it down. You know, I want to say right now, there's many dogs that are coming at us that are trying to derail us from God's destiny for our life. In fact, one person says, the dogs of doom always stand at the door of destiny. There's some alliteration for you. The the dogs of doom always stand at the door of destiny. And I found if you're to fulfill God's purpose for your life, one thing we need to overcome, each and every one of us, is we need to overcome a spirit of intimidation. Now, now Paul said it like this in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 6. He says, stir up the gift that is within you. Turn up, turn to your neighbor and say, stir up that gift. You got to stir up that gift. It's in you. You got a gift from God. You're anointed by God. You're chosen by God. And Paul says to Timothy, stir up the gift that is within you. Because God hasn't given you a spirit of timidity or a spirit of intimidation, but He's given you a spirit of power, love, and A sound mind or self-discipline. So so what have we been given as believers? We've been given a spirit of? It's up there. It's up there, just in case you didn't know. uh, We've been given a spirit of? That's what you've been given. What haven't you been given? You haven't been given a spirit of fear, a spirit of intimidation what would you do right now if you had no fear come on some of us need to be honest with ourselves cuz if we're really truthful a lot of us aren't walking in god's plan and purpose for our life simply because we're afraid simply because of fear and we're going to overcome those dogs of intimidation they stand at the door of destiny the dogs of doom. Who are you to believe that? Who are you to think you can do that? In fact, the last youth uprising, in fact, the, the one earlier in the year, we've done two this year, and, and the earlier one, uh, my youngest daughter, she uh, was 13 years old, and she had just started high school. How many know being at the first, at the entry point of a high school can be intimidating? In, in New Zealand, uh, they're called third formers. They used to be called third formers and they were known affectionately as turds. Uh, uh, there was a whole initiation process that a third former used to have to go into, and, and it was the seventh formers or the year 12s or 13s, the seniors in school, who would make people go through this initiation process. And, and so being, being a new entrant in a high school can be a little bit intimidating. Uh, but my daughter comes home, uh, one, one day and says, Dad, I'm going to run a pizza lunch because uprising is coming up. And I'm thinking, you're, you're just a third former. Normally we encourage year 12s or six and seven formers to do that, seniors, but, but not juniors. Juniors don't do that. that that's a big step. She says, no, I really feel like God's spoken to me to put on a pizza lunch and invite as many people as I can so I can invite them to the uprising. And she says, Dad, I'm really nervous, but but I'm gonna pray and we're gonna believe God. And, you know, I'm, I'm the preacher. She's listened to my words. She's listened to sermons like this. So how many know I couldn't dissuade her, discourage her from, from doing that? I, I go, okay, okay. Okay, but on the inside, I'm freaking out for her. You know, I don't mind me running something and it not working, but if it it doesn't work for her, she's the 13-year-old girl. I I want it to work for her. And so the day before, I say, hey, let's just pray and fast together. She prays, she fasts, she's believing for us. She wakes up in the morning early, and she's freaking out, but she says, no, I really believe God's called me to do it. That day, I prayed. I prayed Big time. Because my you don't like seeing your children disappointed when they take a step out. Anyway, she runs this pizza lunch. She invites a whole lot of people in. The room is so packed that they actually have to close the doors. 56 of her friends and others came along to this pizza lunch. She she gets up and she is in front of them say, hey, we've got an uprising coming along. It's a Christian event. We'd all like to get you along. We're running a bus. It's at this time, at this place. Do you know 25 from her school who had never been to church before jumped on that bus and 14 on the uprising night gave their hearts to Jesus? When you receive Jesus in your life, you didn't get a mini version of God. You got the same version of God that I've got. You got the same version of God that Paul the Apostle got. Yet the same God lives within you. And yes, sometimes things don't work out. You know, in fact, in leadership, I've run many events that I thought are going to reach hundreds, and only three or four people have come up, turned up. I'm going like, ah, That hurts. And and it's like these dogs in my mind, you know, bark at me. Say, don't do that again. See, there's three different ways. I quickly want to give you three different ways that a spirit of intimidation manifests itself. Some of you go, I'm not intimidated. I'm not afraid of anything. Could it be we're afraid and we don't even know it? In fact, some of us right now have scaled back our dream so we no longer feel fear. We're just contained in a small world which we can control. And the reason why you don't feel fear is simply because you're living a small life, a limited life rather than an unlimited life. The three ways that that intimidation manifests itself, how I've seen it outworked in my own life is, number one, the dogs of doom that I'm talking about, and we're going to deal with the dog tonight, The dogs of doom. One of them is the dog of past failure. Because every time something doesn't work out as you thought it should, it's like this dog barks in your ear saying, Don't do that again. In fact, I remember going into university and first year of university was just a, a repeat of my senior year at school. And so I passed the first year of university, went into the second year of university, and you know, I was. I was just an average student. In fact, you know, my motto was C's get degrees. (laughs) And, 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 uh, you know, I I just wanted to, you know, get through university, but I felt convicted by that. And I thought, second year of university, I'm gonna really apply myself and try and get an A. I'm gonna work hard to get an A. And so I, I, I studied diligently that semester, worked really hard. Come the end of the semester, I got a, a D. I didn't even get a C, I got a D. Now, I knew that God had called me to do that degree. How many know if God calls you to something, He doesn't change His mind halfway through? And, and I felt like I felt like giving up. In fact, some of my mates they failed and they go, Oh, I'm out of here. I'm going to go do something different. I don't want to have to do that whole semester again. But I knew God had positioned me in that place. And I had to go back and confront my failure. You know, turning up to a new classroom and people asking you, what were you doing last semester? What papers were you doing? I was going, oh, I'm doing, I was doing these papers. <laughs> you know, and, and that and that, that's intimidating. But do you know, repeating a whole six months of university taught me more than, than the whole five years I spent at university? Because it taught me how to face failure. And in life, there are times where you're going to fail. Many people today don't have a theology of failure. But my Bible says in Psalm 37, the steps of a good person are ordered by the Lord. God orders our steps. And He, God delights in His way. But it says, though He fall. How many know there's going to be times in your life where you're going to fall? There's gonna be times in your life where things don't make sense. It says, though he fall, God will uphold him in his hand. You now, there's times where life doesn't make sense. But you can look at your future today, not through the voices of your past. Not through the voices of past mistake. Yeah, failure hurts. I was gutted. I've ran events. You know, earlier in my ministry, we had only a few turned up. If I had stopped there, we'd never see stadiums filled today. My daughters think it's it's normal to, to hire the biggest arenas in our nation and to see them filled with Christians. There once was a day where that was just a dream. You know, I remember if we saw one person saved on a Sunday, it was Revival. You know, we're seeing up to over 20 people give their hearts to Jesus every Sunday. You know, we're seeing uh, the largest arena in our nation filled with 10,000 people for a prayer meeting. How, How many know, if you've been around church, you know really well that that is different to what was happening 20, 30 years ago. But if we stopped at failure, we'd never be living in those places now. And the voice of past failure comes at you. The dog, every time you make a decision to do something, it's like, oh, don't try that. What if you fail? What if you fail? But what if you succeed? What what if it works out? We're gonna deal, number one, with the dog of past failure. Number two, we need to deal with the dog of present insecurity. How many get insecure from time to time? Just lift up your hand i just wait for the insecure people. As people, oh, I don't want to admit that I'm insecure. Who's looking? You know, who's, uh, who's around me? <laughs> yeah, I, I grew up as a shy, insecure pastor's kid. I, I was so shy growing up that my mom used to put my pram away from people because I, I didn't like being around people. But I came to realize that, that as I grew up, as I understood God, shyness was not a fruit of the Spirit. Yeah, there's not love, joy, peace, patience, shyness. It's it's not there. The Bible says the righteous shall be as bold as a lion. And so I had to come to a point where I had to overcome myself. I was my biggest hindrance. And I felt the Holy Spirit say to me at a time, he says, Sam, you know your insecurity? I go, yep, (laughs) I know it really well. And he said to me, you know your insecurity, that's actually rooted in pride. I'm going, hey, how's that? He said, well, when you're insecure, who are you thinking about? You're thinking about yourself. And as long as your eyes are on yourself, I can't use you to do what I want you to do. And so that helped me from a young age because every time... I'd feel insecure and I still feel insecure in different environments today. Every time I felt insecure, I'd say, Sam, stop being proud. Stop being proud, you're being proud. Because God gives grace to the humble. And get this, he resists the proud. I don't wanna be resisted by God. See, many people have a wrong definition of humility. They think, oh, humility, that means that you think you're a worm or a nobody. No, you're created in the image of God. Humility is simply agreeing with God. That's what it means. It means to say yes to God. As C.S. Lewis said, humility isn't thinking less of yourself, it's thinking about yourself less. And and humility just says, God, if you call me to do something big, the most humble response is yes. Yes. Yes, I, I'm gonna agree with you. I'm gonna bring my mind, my will in alignment with who you are and what you say about me. You know, how many know God's called us to be awesome? Some of us look in the mirror and go, oh, I wish that, that were, I could change that. No, but you're fearfully and wonderfully made. The Bible says how awesome are your works. You know, some of us, when we look in the mirror, we should say, that is awesome. That is amazing. God created, yeah, he created it. He didn't make a mistake. When he created you, he didn't go, oops, got that wrong. Oh, we'll sort it out with the next one. When he created you, yeah, yeah, everything is where it should be. You sound the way you should sound. You look the way you should look. Yeah, you're made in his image. Yeah, you're created for great things. Yeah, if God's called you to be awesome, and do amazing things, which he has, who are you to disagree with God? God really, who are you to think small? Who are you to limit your life to what you can do? Humility will say, "God, I trust you. I trust you. I don't understand. This is bigger than me. But I know if you're for me, nothing can be against me." And there's voices of insecurity. Who are you to believe that? after what you did back then, after what you've been through. You know, those people are more capable. You know, but you, really, you, who do you think you are? To dream that big dream. Come on, I wanna say, as a church, we're a church of the generations. I love the fact that we've got generations in this room. And when there's an outpouring of the Holy Spirit, the Bible says, old man, any old men in the room? Nobody's admitting that. (laughs) Old men will dream dreams. Old men will dream dreams. Young men will see visions. Here's what I wanna challenge those who are a little bit older in the room. If you don't keep dreaming dreams, the young people will stop seeing visions. We have a responsibility to keep dreaming a God dream. If we want the next generation to do more than we've done, we've got to keep on dreaming big, believing big, and see God turning up big. And as we do that, we set a platform for the next generation. And if we're to see revival, we need to keep putting our trust in Him. How does the spirit of intimidation work? It works through past failures. It works through present insecurity. And if we could have the team up, the musicians up. It works through perceived obstacles. How many know we serve a big God? Big God. No, I'm not just saying big. I don't know what you think is big, but God's bigger than your perspective or perception of what's big. We serve a big, big, huge, massive, ginormous you're you getting it? Big! Big, big, big. Big! God! Big! God! Big God! Small problems. Small If I'm going to do that, man, I'm going to have to overcome that. that. That's big. What's big? God, how much is too much? Oh, that will take a lot of money. How much money is too much money? You know, it's got up on him and going, Whoa, that's a lot of money. Don't know how we're going to work that out. Michael, Gabriel, we need a committee meeting. Gonna have to sell a few gold bricks. You know, it's like, How big is too big? Come on, where have we limited God? Big God, big, huge God. Small problem. So often, what we do is we spend our prayer lives. Telling God how big our problem is. Oh man, God, this is big. If you intervene here, that would be massive. That would be huge. And we spend big, we tell him how big our problem is. Oh, it's big. Oh, that's huge, man. Oh, what it would take to do shout in Europe. That, that's big. Yeah, it was big. But how many know our God's bigger? It's bigger. He's He's bigger. He's greater. He's stronger and we spend our time telling God how big our problem is, what we need to do is we need to start telling our problem how big our God is. Because nothing is too difficult for Him. See, some of us right now, we're looking at our problems and we're going, that's big, that is huge. But we need to stop just looking at our problems and we now need to start speaking to our problems. If you wanna see mountains move, mountains are big, But if you wanna see them move, you can't just believe in your heart. The Bible says you gotta believe in your heart and not doubt, but it doesn't just leave it there, it says you gotta speak to the mountain for it to move. Many of us are wanting the mountain to move, but we're not prepared to speak. And one thing I've found is faith is not displayed by just believing in your heart. You didn't get saved by just believing in your heart. You had to confess with your mouth. And I find that the enemy's been really good at shutting the mouth of the church. Oh, don't make me praise God again. Do I really have to open my mouth? Yeah, because that releases faith. There's a theology of, you know, speaking out the word of God, declaring the word of God. His word in your mouth is just as powerful as what it is in his mouth. But you've got to speak it out to see it manifest in your world. You don't move mountains by just... you got to speak to the mountain for it to move. You need to speak to the sickness. I've been diagnosed with two incurable diseases in my life. Do you know there's not a trace of either one of those diseases in my body? I'm on no medication. I was in hospital 42 days. On life, on the edge... of losing my life. We just had our second daughter. I asked Kathy just the other day, did you think I'd survive? And she says in my mind, I was thinking I was gonna be a single mom raising two girls. That's, that, but, but we spoke to that mountain. We spoke to that incurable disease. And do you know, two years ago, because I had to have regular checkups, had to go to the specialist. I went to the specialist and my specialist said to me, you can F off now, I don't wanna see you again. Excuse the language, but that's exactly what he said. And I said, yeah, I don't want to see you. I want to see you in a different capacity, but not in this capacity. He said, you're clear. You're clear. There's not a, But you've got to speak to the mountain for it to be moved. Come on, we're not going to see. I really believe this church is going to have its own facility that it's going to own. Own somebody. It's a mountain, it's a mountain. But we need to speak to that mountain for that mountain to move, so for us to live in the reality of it. I believe we're going to see another generation in worshipping Jesus. Come on, I believe we're going to see generations raised up, sent forth into the nations of the world. I really believe there's an assignment on these young people here. There's calls to go out and make a difference, to see the kingdom of God advance in places it's not advancing right now. I believe that there's gonna be a pushback on the enemy. And many people right now look at the way the world is, but how many know if you're part of the kingdom of God, you're part of a superior kingdom. Come on, we don't need to fear what's going on in the world right now because our God is greater, our God is stronger. Come on, we need to put our faith and our trust and our belief in Him. You can't serve a big God and have a small dream. You can't do it. And right now I believe in this place. God's enlarging people's perspective. I just want a comfortable life. Well, Jesus came to comfort the disturbed and to disturb the comfortable. And I pray I'm disturbing some people right now because you're living in a nice, safe zone. God's saying, come on, reach out. There's more. There's more. Dream a bigger dream. Come on, dream a God dream in this place. Dream a God-sized dream. He's looking for people who won't rationalize that away, but just simply in their heart, they will believe. God, I believe. Who would have thought as equippers, we'd be in 15 different nations? Who would have thought that that could ever take place. That During a pandemic, we're planning a church in Budapest. And their church is now reaching over 200 people, 120 just on Sundays. Who would have thought we'd be able to plan a church in Fiji? Nice place to go on mission, by the way. But planning a church in Fiji already, youth on a Friday night, they're reaching over 100 kids. Last week, they baptized 10 people just last week. Who, who would have ever thought that was possible during a pandemic? We went into lockdown in Auckland with four locations. We come out with seven. We came out with seven. Who, who would have thought that, that, that's crazy?
1: That's irrational.
0: You know, who would have thought you would be here in, in England, in London? Yeah, you know, Who would have thought? We're living in what was prophesied 20 years ago. We're living right now in what was prophesied 20 years ago. I feel like the church, God's saying to the church right now, I want you to prophesy the next 20 years. Come on, parent, I want you to prophesy over your kids. They will be brought up in the ways of the Lord. They will fulfill their God-given destiny. The enemy won't rob them of their God-given assignment. I'm not gonna be intimidated. Come on, even for kids who are away from God right now, you need to pray and you need to call them back home. You have the ability to speak to the mountains in their life because they don't know what they've been born for. But you've got to overcome those dogs. Come on, some of you hear those voices. You know it too well. That dog of past failure, oh, but you did that back then. That dog of prison insecurity, some of you are like, here I am, God, send him. Send her, not me. God's looking for people who go, here I am. I'm available. Send me. I'm willing. Come on, that dog just where we've elevated things to be bigger than God. God wants to silence this. I like how David took on Goliath. Just to finish, if you could stand to your feet. David took on Goliath and the Israelites would get dressed for battle. See Goliath and Goliath personifies intimidation and he would intimidate them, he would taunt them. Aha, send me your best. Yeah, send me your best. And the Israelites would go home and fear every day, dress for battle, but go home and fear every day. It's like they come to church, dress for battle, and then they face their first problem on a Monday. It's like, ah, go home. Why are you asking me to do that? It's like Sunday, faith, yeah, I'm going to win my world. Monday, oh, I can't even talk to my co worker. Dressed for battle, and, and intimidation would come in. Then David, this young shepherd boy, arrives on the scene. He says, Who is this uncircumcised Philistine? Questions is the guy's manhood right there. And he says, Who are you to defy the armies of the living God? He knew God was on his side. Saul tried to get him to wear his armor, but he knew what worked. He wasn't intimidated. He looked at the giant. He looked him in the eyes, looked him in the eyes and says, today, I'm gonna cut off your head and I'm gonna feed your dead carcass to the birds of the air. Some of us right now, that's how we need to view our problem, our giant. We need to look it in the eye, not avoid it, look it front on and say, today, you're not gonna defeat me. Who are you to defy what God's called me to? Who are you to defy the armies of the living, our living Saviour? Come on, who are you? Today, I'm gonna cut off your head. And today, I'm gonna feed your carcass to the birds of the air. Today, I'm gonna move forward in Jesus' name. Come on, I wonder whether there's a group of people in this place who say, I'm not gonna let the dogs of doom stand at the door of destiny. Today, I'm gonna move forward in Jesus. If that's you, I want you to lift your hands where you are right now just right across this place because I believe the spirit of intimidation that's been holding holding people captive is gonna be broken off people's lives, young and old in this place. And we're gonna walk with the freedom. Come on, with a freedom that we've never experienced before, a freedom to dream big, a freedom to believe big, a freedom to hope big. And right now I come against every spirit of intimidation uh, I break the enemy's assignment in Jesus name and I say that that spirit has no power and rule over people's minds, over their life with those dogs have been barking. Lord right now we tune down the, the, those voices Lord right now and we tune up your voice. We turn up, tune into your voice and turn up your voice. Lord I pray your, your word would Lord ring true aloud in our spirits oh, and we thank you. He who the Son sets free is free indeed, is free indeed. Every spirit. Come on, some of you have just been released right now in Jesus name. There's been voices. Some of you known those voices, It's brought confusion. It's brought a heaviness. right now, we break that spirit in Jesus' name. Come on, if that's you, maybe hands lifted. And even if you speak in the heavenly language, use that language right now. Come on, right now, we're breaking that spirit in Jesus' name. It cannot remain. It cannot remain. If you submit to God, resist the devil, he'll flee. Come on, it cannot remain. Those voices right now, those voices of confusion, Those voices that would seek to intimidate, we break their power. We break their power in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Before I pass back, I just need to do two things. I really believe it's it's like right now on the inside of people, there's a phone ringing. And this is the picture I get. There's a phone ringing on the inside of you. And you go, oh, I'm too scared to pick it up. Too scared to take that call because it might be bigger than me. There's a, there's a ring. It's like, you know, sometimes when you get somebody ringing on your phone and you got a call ID, you go, ah, I'll leave that. I'll leave that. But it's like this, this call, and I believe it's God calling. Some of you are scared as to what He might ask you to do things haven't worked out in the past, or there's insecurity in you, or just, oh man, they'll be big. But there's a call. I, I hear it in the Spirit. It's like old school phone when you couldn't choose the ringtones. It's just that bell phone just ringing on the inside. I feel like the Spirit of God just saying, pick it up. For young people down here, it's like, you know, it's just something on the inside of you, just pick it up. It's the call of God. It's the call of God. Some of you are just even feeling tearful right now because you know it's gonna require surrender. And there's the anointing right now. If you just felt, you hear, saying, God, I wanna pick up that call when you ring. I just wanna pick up that call. I make myself available. I humble myself right in this moment I want you to lift your hands right where you are just, just wherever you are right now you just hear the call you hear the call on the inside of you to live bigger come on just it doesn't matter where you are doesn't matter how old doesn't matter how long you've been a Christian for some you've been a Christian along and, and it's like that call has been buried in other noises but that call is just going off on the inside right now I can hear it in the Spirit just lift your hands keep them lifted right across this place right across this place right right across it. Thank you, God, for your anointing. Thank you, God, right now you're releasing destiny. You're releasing destiny right now, right now. I believe, Zach, there's a call on your life. You know it on the inside. And I I believe God's gonna give you words. You're gonna find yourself in situations where you're going, I don't know what to say. But the moment you get into that situation, God's gonna fill your mouth with words that are gonna bring life and bring understanding to people around you. God's going to use your mouth. You're going to be a mouthpiece for God. And I believe there is a spirit of boldness on you. There is a spirit of boldness on you. And I just see you putting courage into your peers, into your friends. They're going to become courageous because you're courageous. And there's a courage that's on the inside of you. And so right now, I thank you for your anointing on this young man. I thank you for your grace upon him. Lord, let the enemy not come in and try and smother it. Lord, I pray, fulfill every assignment, every purpose, your purpose for him in Jesus' name. We thank you, Jesus. Come on, I want you to respond to the call. Holy Spirit, we pray, Lord, over young and old, Lord, that there'll be, Lord, just an awakening of that call, of their destiny. Lord, I thank you. We're born for a purpose that's bigger than ourselves. Lord, and I pray, Lord, that we wouldn't sit back, but we'll step into it in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, sorry, I forgot the name, but uh, man, man, I just, just feel like God's arresting your heart. And I feel like there's a shift in direction, but it's not a complete shift. It's just a, you know, a s- simple degree. It's almost like you know, an adjustment here makes a big difference in 20 years time. You know, a small degree here can cause you to end up in two different places. And I just feel like there's something you've been wrestling with. And, it, and it's a small shift, but it's a significant shift. The results are gonna be huge. They're, they're gonna be massive in, in terms. And it's almost like God's testing you with something small because He wants to release something big to you, bigger than you can imagine. But He's He's looking for the, the simple obedience in the small because that's what He does. He tests us with the small so He can entrust much to us. And I, I just see it's, it's almost like a small alteration here. It's almost like a small step of obedience that nobody else will know except you and God it's going to have huge consequences just in terms of fruitfulness, in terms of impact and influence. I feel like God's saying, don't fear. Sometimes you look for the big thing, but God's just saying, hey, there's power in that small thing. Just that small thing that I've given you to do is going to have a massive impact. How about just lifting your hands right now? We just release your anointing. Jesus' name. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you for your anointing. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, we release it. We release it. We release it. Thank you, God. Somehow I just feel in my spirit, time's gone, but can I just do one last thing? I, I just feel like some of us here f- felt contained in their heart. And God would have us pray, give me largeness of heart. Like the sand of the seashore. If you just feel like God's wanting to expand your heart and enlarge your vision, just lift your hands. Just right where you are. Just just feel, come on. Even as a church, what we're involved in together, this next season is gonna be crazy. It's gonna be crazy. And right now I pray, Lord, our hearts would be enlarged. That we'd be able to comprehend and our hearts and minds, everything that you're wanting to release, or where our hearts have shrunk, or we repent. We change our thinking right now. We change our thinking. We think bigger, we think greater. Steve Banks, haven't seen you for years, but I just feel like the prayer you prayed a long time ago, but your stop praying is about to be answered. It's almost like it's reached the throne of God and God says, now. And I just feel like there's a now moment in God. There's a now moment. I don't know what it is, but I just feel like there's something in your life. you have faithfully served, you've been there. But I just feel like there's a now moment, a now moment. And we thank you, God, for that now moment. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. We thank You, God. We give You praise. We give You honour. We give You glory. Come on. If you love Jesus, how about giving a big clap of praise? Amen. Come on, give Him a huge clap of praise. We honour You. And we bless You. Amen. Thank you for listening today. If you'd like to connect with Equippers Church, then please visit equippers.co.uk and say hello. And if you enjoyed today's message, you can subscribe and share it with a friend.